Welcome to the latest edition of the Fixed Interest podcast series, where we'll be discussing Turkey and specifically our change in the outlook on Turkey's double B minus long term foreign currency rating to stable from negative in late February. I'm Paul Gamble, head of Emerging Europe Sovereigns at Fitch, and today I'm joined by Douglas Winslow, director in the Emerging Europe team. So, Doug, what was the rationale for this outlook revision? Firstly, to provide some context, Turkey's double B minus rating reflects relatively low public and household debt, high per capita income, trend GDP growth above 4% and favourable ease of doing business indicators. Set against these factors are weak external finances, a track record of high inflation and economic volatility and geopolitical risk. Now our stabilisation of the outlook was due to two key factors both relating to external financing risks. Firstly, an improved policy mix since the appointment of the new central bank governor and new finance minister in November. Since then, there's been a stepping up of the policy tightening that had started last August. And importantly, policies more orthodox and transparent and with greater emphasis on sustaining disinflation and reducing external vulnerabilities. Secondly, this change in policy has helped to arrest the slide in foreign exchange reserves. Net FX reserves, if we also exclude swaps with the central bank, fell $71 billion in 2020, and we've seen a $6 billion increase in this measure since November, although it's still very negative at minus $44 billion. Also, the partial recovery in the lira has helped stem weakening domestic confidence. And overall, we now forecast a gradual improvement in Turkey's external finances, with gross FX reserves rising $11 billion in 2021, which is supported by a narrowing of the current account deficit to 2.9% of GDP from 5.3% last year, slower private sector external deleveraging, moderate net capital inflows, and higher settlement of export credits. You mentioned an improvement in the policy mix. What are the main aspects of this? Firstly, the real interest rate using current inflation is in positive territory at 1.4% in February, compared with a low of minus 5% last June. All funding has moved to the main policy rate, the one-week repo, increasing predictability, and we've seen a withdrawal of the strong credit stimulus, which had been driven by state banks and had exacerbated external imbalances. Lending growth on a 13-week basis fell from a high of 45% last June to 6% in November and has since remained at close to that level. And measures that incentivise lending, such as the bank asset ratio, have been phased out and the reserve requirement simplified. We also don't expect sizable use of FX reserves to defend the lira this year. This contrasts with the large FX interventions in 2020 under the previous governor, which had damaged our confidence in Turkey's commitment to a floating exchange rate. However, the durability of this policy mix is key to the rating. On this, we expect the new team will be given a window of opportunity of at least this year 
to maintain these settings. But from 2022, we see greater policy uncertainty and risk linked to the election cycle and to the limited independence of the central bank. How is such policy risk captured in the writing? It's important to stress the current rating already factors in a sizeable degree of policy weakness linked to Turkey's external vulnerabilities. In total, we deduct three notches from the model implied score to arrive at the double B minus rating. The first notch is for Turkey's low foreign exchange reserves relative to its large external financing requirement. Gross reserves have increased from $84 billion last November to $95 billion in February, but still below the $106 billion at the beginning of 2020. More significantly, the quality of these reserves has substantially weakened. Net reserves are $27 billion down on the beginning of last year, despite the contribution from swaps rising $40 billion. Now, this creates a greater risk if these swaps with the central bank are not rolled over. And the bank deposit dollarisation ratio has stabilised, but remains high at 55%, more than twice the double B median. Overall, it will take time for Turkey to repair its FX reserve position. The second notch we deduct is for weak macro policy credibility including a track record of responding slowly to the build-up of imbalances and of easing policy too soon. The sacking of two central bank governors since July 2019 underlines the political pressure and President Erdogan has repeated his long-standing opposition to higher interest rates. Turkey has a long history of credit-fuelled macro-volatility and there is increased risk of renewed policy stimulus ahead of the next elections. Inflation in Turkey has also averaged 11.7% over the last five years, more than three times the peer group median. While we forecast inflation falls to 9.2% at the end of 2022, this is still above the central bank forecast of 7%. And the final of the three notches we deduct from the model implied score is for structural features, mainly due to geopolitical risks, which have the capacity to impair investor confidence and external finances. How do you view recent developments in geopolitics and public finances, which are also important factors for the writing? Well, starting with geopolitics, we judge the overall risk in the very near term to have eased somewhat. But beyond that, the underlying dynamics are pretty similar to last year. The US sanctions imposed in December were amongst the lightest possible, and we don't expect the Biden administration will ratchet these up in 2021. However, the US relationship is uncertain, and the main areas of policy dispute are unresolved. And in the nearer term, the Halk Bank case represents a potential flashpoint. In terms of EU relations, tensions over gas exploration in the East Med have reduced but the potential for future escalation is still relatively high in our view. Here, however, we judge that any new sanctions would be limited in scope, given President Erdogan's political leverage over the movement of migrants into the EU. In Syria, 
We consider the ceasefire agreement on military operations as unlikely to hold permanently and more broadly, risks to relations with Russia are compounded by their opposing positions in last year's operations in Nagorno-Karabakh and in Libya. Briefly on public finances, this remains a clear rating strength. Turkey's general government debt is close to 40% of GDP, well below the double B median of 60%. There's a credible fiscal anchor, which underpins our forecast for the general government deficit to narrow from 4.5% of GDP in 2020 to 3.9% in 2022, with public debt edging down to 38% of GDP. And on GDP growth, we project the economy expands 5.7% this year and see an upside risk to this, given very strong carryover effects, then moderating to 4.7% in 2022, above the peer group median of 3.9%. What are the main triggers for a potential rating action? A key factor that could lead to positive rating action is a reduction in external vulnerabilities. For example, a sustained fall in the current account deficit, stronger external liquidity and reduced dollarisation. One supporting factor would be if we saw reform measures that help raise domestic savings and make economic growth less dependent on external borrowing. Briefly touching on reform, with the revised economic programme due to be unveiled this week, the appointment of the new economic team has moderately improved reform prospects, but we don't expect a marked quickening in the implementation of measures, which has been relatively slow under this administration. This is due to a less conducive electoral cycle. Now we're more than halfway through the parliament. It's also a challenging economic backdrop for reform, and there's a potential for coalition friction to constrain implementation. The other related trigger for positive rating action would be a sustained decline in inflation and rebuilding of monetary policy credibility. And the final trigger is reduced geopolitical risk. Now turning to the potential for negative rating action, one of the main factors would be a re-intensification of external and macro stability risks, including a sustained fall in FX reserves or severe stress in the corporate and banking sectors. Here, the resilience of private sector external financing conditions during periods of stress in recent years has been a supportive factor for the rating. Private sector external deleveraging has remained fairly orderly, with three-month rollover rates of near 85% at the end of 2020 and banking sector deposits have been pretty sticky. But if a sharp fall in confidence were to spill over to the private sector, impairing its ability to roll over external debt, this could result in a negative rating action. The second negative rating trigger is a serious deterioration in international relations, the domestic political or security situation. And the final trigger is a marked worsening and Turkey's public finances. Thanks for your insights, Doug, and thank you all for listening. For more information on our ratings and research on Turkey, then please visit us at fitchratings.com. 
We hope you can join us for the next edition of the Fixed Interest Podcast Series.